0: Hey, 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 welcome back to The Pill. We have a wonderful dose of startups for y'all today. Let's get right into it.
1: First, we're going to riff on Adam Newman's newest venture, Flow, which just received a $350 million vote of confidence from Andreessen Horowitz as the startup looks to disrupt the residential rental real estate market.
0: That should be an interesting conversation. Excited to riff on that with you, my friend. After that, we'll cover Clutch, the Houston-based creator economy startup looking to connect the world's best underrepresented creators with businesses looking to tell their stories. They just announced a $1.2 million seed round led by Precursor Ventures. Then we'll get into Farther, which just announced their $15 million Series A led by Bessemer Venture Partners. This company is taking a new approach to financial advisory, combining smart fintech with human touch.
1: Furthermore, or should I say, farthermore, the last company we'll cover in today's Dose is Overtime, which stole headlines with its $100 million Series D led by Liberty Media Corporation. The digital sports media conglomerate hopes to expand its massive footprint by growing out their sports leagues. An exhilarating prescription of stories for our 28th Dose, buckle up and hunker down. Let's get into it.
0: See here, kid. You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a
1: deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Bill with your hosts Brandon and Sam. And we're here to prescribe you your weekly dose of startups and venture capital to keep you informed in the evolving world of venture. Leading things off for this week's dose is Adam Newman's newest company, Flow, which made massive headlines this week as it received a strong sign of support through Andreessen Horowitz's $350 million investment. Wow. This investment is the largest individual check ever written by Andreessen Horowitz in a round of funding, and it lifts Flow's valuation to over $1 billion before it even opens doors. In fact, the website isn't even fully launched yet.
0: You know what, this is. (laughs) We've seen this story before, especially if if you've watched We Crashed on Apple TV. Great show. Recommend it. It'll give you a lot of background on Adam Newman. Um, But it's just so strikingly similar. And you wonder how in the heck did this guy do it again to get A16Z, widely considered one of the top firms in the industry. Uh, to write their biggest check in a company that hasn't done anything yet. It's it's wild. Hollywood cannot write this up.
1: I mean, Newman's got the Midas touch or something because the way he's able to convince such massive rounds of funding is truly like nothing I've ever seen before. Further along in the madness, Newman was eventually ousted in 2019 and he still walked away with hundreds of millions of dollars in his pocket. Uh, For context, WeWork's market value currently sits at $4 billion dollars So it's still a quad corn, but it is not even a tenth of what it was once valued at. Just remarkable.
0: Now flash forward to today where the prominent Silicon Valley VC firm who invested in Facebook, Airbnb, is now leading this massive round with Marc Andreessen himself joining the board. Uh, A quote from him real quick. It's often underappreciated that only one person has fundamentally redesigned the office experience and led a paradigm changing global company in the process. Adam, that's Adam, said Mr. Mark Andreessen. So he's got a lot of confidence in this guy for what he built, but maybe he forgot (laughs) how it all ended?
1: (laughs) Right, I mean Andreessen Horowitz is widely considered royalty among early stage investors. You mentioned some of those prominent investments like Facebook and Airbnb, which just makes it even more groundbreaking that the biggest round of funding that they've ever signed off on is with Flow and Adam Newman's newest venture. A little bit more into Flow now, Adam Newman himself is planning on making a sizable personal investment into the company in the form of cash as well as real estate assets. And there's limited info on exactly how the platform will work, but it's expected to launch in 2023 and aims to transform the residential rental real estate market. So, Newman has purchased more than 3,000 apartment units in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Atlanta, and Nashville. Coincidentally, some of the hottest real estate markets in the country.
0: Yeah, and his aim is to rethink the housing rental market by creating a branded product with consistent service and community features. So, Flow will operate the properties Newman has already bought and also offer its services to new developments and other third parties. It's starting to sound Strikingly similar to his vision with WeWork, but for residential real estate.
1: To quote a little more from a blog post made by Mark Andreessen, the rental real estate market is ripe for disruption, and it's been it's been a little while since you and I rang the disruption alarm here, Sam. Woo! Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it's true, and he he had a great blog post, which we'll be sure to link in the show notes, but. In essence, he dove into both sides of the real estate market and how they're due for change. So on one hand, we have the homeowners where housing prices are skyrocketing. And even if you can not afford to buy a house in today's market, you're then locked into a multi-decade mortgage and locked into living in that house in that geographical region, even if your economic opportunity or life path wants to take you somewhere else. Now, on the flip side of that, there are renters. And people pay rent for decades and get absolutely zero equity out of it. So I'm excited to see how Flow plans on attacking both of these sides of the market.
0: Yeah, if I had to wrap this up, and I think you and I could both riff on this all episode long, uh, but we do have some other companies to get to. (laughs) Um, If I had to wrap this up, I would say like I'm equally baffled, but probably equal parts baffled as well as intrigued by this idea because we, you and I both have covered a lot of real estate tech-related uh, investments, and there's an obvious gap between owning a home and renting. And I imagine flow is going to play somewhere in between, blurring the lines between owning a home and renting and making it a much more modern experience. Uh, it's an industry ripe for disruption, and with $350 million behind it, They're going to be one of the leaders just by pure capital and by pure strength and brand. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This is now one of the most notable companies that we're going to be tracking in our uh, little pill portfolio. Uh, So hopefully we'll have some updates soon as we learn more.
1: Right. And real quick, just as Mark Andreessen said, despite all the madness, WeWork certainly ended up being a paradigm shifting concept. So you can't help but get excited to at least speculate on the vision here with Flow as well.
0: Exciting is an understatement, my friend. I know you and I will be keeping the biggest tabs that, that we've had uh, in pill history on, on Flow. All right, the next company we're covering today is Houston-based Clutch, which announced their $1.2 million pre-seed round led by Precursor Ventures. Uh, This round also included participation from our Austin local favorites, Capital Factory, among others. And what Clutch is, is one of the first ever people-focused creator economy platforms that connects creators with businesses looking to increase their reach.
1: Yeah, and we've definitely seen an increase in this creator economy-based startups. And what's awesome about this company specifically is that it was founded by two women of color, Madison Long and Simone May, which is awesome to see, uh, especially considering the stats we all know about how how venture is heavily skewed towards men, and more specifically, white men. So it's really awesome to see.
0: And the way Clutch works is that the businesses on the platform are the ones paying for the service, while on the other side, the creators use the platform for free. So a classic two-sided marketplace as we've covered before on the pill.
1: Your classic two-sided marketplace. We love those around here. And furthermore on how Clutch works. So they allow creators to edit their own content and manage across multiple platforms. So whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, the list goes on. They make, a, they make one easy platform to keep track of all of these platforms. Additionally, businesses can reach out to creators directly through Clutch's platform.
0: And they already have 200 creators on the platform. Uh, and interestingly enough, most of them are from underrepresented backgrounds. Over 75% are people of color, which is awesome to see as well. On the other hand, with the companies, 60% of the CEOs representing those companies on the Clutch platform are from minority backgrounds as well. So in all aspects here, providing opportunities to those who have traditionally been underrepresented in business uh, across the board.
1: And what we're seeing here comes in front of great tailwinds as the creator economy continues to surge. As I've mentioned, um, and if you've been listening along with The Venture Pill, you know that we've covered several creator economy-focused startups. And Clutch is well-positioned with over 2,000 creators on their wait list. And with their mission, they're going to attract some of the best talent in the space.
0: Yeah. Not only is this a great mission-based company, which Brandon and I absolutely love to see, but in this case, I think their mission is actually a key element of competitive advantage in what is becoming a very crowded space in this growing creator economy. Many many of the most popular creators come from underrepresented backgrounds. And for... All the services out there that they might have access to, I'm sure that they're going to be more likely to use a platform like Clutch, which has this mission and has this foundation um, of, of these founders and these companies that are on the service. It makes a lot of sense. It's a really great ecosystem that they're building, and they're only just getting started.
1: Right. Excited to see where they go with this one. Another one, we're excited to see the growth. Uh, they're currently in their pre-seed stage, as we mentioned, and we'll be sure to track them as they continue along their fundraising and building out of the company.
0: Yeah. And quite a stark contrast to start off this episode here with a $350 million to a $1.2 million. It makes the $1.2 seem small, but that's still a really big deal. So,
1: Yeah. Hey, from pre-seeds grow mighty oaks, is what they say. So Excited to see where Clutch goes with this one.
0: None the wiser than Mr. Ocean today. <laughs> um, the next company on the docket for this week's dose is Farther, which just raised a $15 million Series A led by Bessemer Venture Partners, one of the most notable firms out there. To give you an idea, Bessemer has had some hugely successful portfolio companies in the past, including LinkedIn, Pinterest, Shopify, and many, many more uh, this round uh, for Father also included Kostla Ventures, which is another prominent name in the space that's had a fair share of successful exits as well, including Affirm, DoorDash, and Instacart. So just like to give you a little bit of background on some of the more notable firms to show these guys have been around the block a few times. Uh, so it's, it's awesome to see that Father has them uh, in great positions on their cap table.
1: Yeah, I mean, between Andreessen Horowitz and Bessemer and Koslo, we're really, you know, checking all the boxes and getting to know who's who in the venture capital space. So exciting to cover these companies Uh, a little bit more about the co-founders of Farther. So it was co-founded by Brett Genser and Taylor Matthews, who started Farther in 2019 as they were looking to deliver an elegant platform coupled with experienced financial advisors. And the two come in with very impressive industry experience. Genzer previously worked in AI, artificial intelligence, at Goldman Sachs. And Matthews was an executive at another fintech advisory company.
0: Yeah, so well-qualified team here. A little more on how it works. Experienced financial advisors can take their business too farther to take their business farther. (laughs) Oh! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm sure that... That plays into what why they call it farther but basically farther takes care of all the administrative marketing prospecting and much more kind of the parts of the business that financial advisors likely don't want to focus on as much so they take care of all that jazz and all the while they're paying an industry leading payout structure to their financial advisors which is awesome
1: Right. So I imagine the financial advisors are pumped to be able to set aside some of those more administrative tasks and be able to focus on uh, what they really enjoy doing, which is financial advising. Um, A little bit more for the clients. So clients can find the right advisor for them, and then they work with those advisors, along with the smart artificial intelligence features of a modern fintech platform. And we've seen a lot of these fintech platforms take leaps and bounds in the past few years or so as technology continues to advance and the workplace continues to modernize. So excited to see the culmination of that with Farther here.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a good point. There's no lack of competitors in the space, but this platform is a little different than other financial advisors out there. In, in a couple ways. And, and I'll mention a couple here. They allow investors to diversify into more than just stocks and ETFs and kind of typical stuff, but into other assets like private equity and hedge funds and more. And they also have this cool feature, which has an awesome name that's called Cash Waterfall, where basically they detect excess cash and allow clients to put that money to work which is something other firms usually don't do. Um, So another differentiator there.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you hear cash waterfall, you know, that's instantly a big tourist attraction, I imagine. (laughs) Uh, And so Farther currently has 20 advisors on the platform significantly more than the six that it had at the beginning of 2022.
0: Yeah. And with this funding, they'll continue to grow headcount, both on the operational side, as well as adding more advisors.
1: Right. And after quadrupling AUM this year, which is truly remarkable, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to keep up that pace, even in the face of the current rough economic conditions that investors are facing. Now, of course, public markets recently have been trending upwards, which probably bodes well for Farther and uh, all of these companies we've covered today. But still, to keep pace with quadrupling AUM is a challenge for any company.
0: Definitely some rough waters out there. I'm sure the clients that that these advisors are looking to recruit are wondering what's what the heck's going on and where they should put their money. Uh, maybe that, now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe that actually is better for financial advisors because people need more advice but it's tough to tell all that being said it's a crazy time out there so there's a lot of uncertainty
1: all right the fourth story in this week's dose batting cleanup this week is overtime a sports media company specifically targeting gen z's and millennials which just closed a 100 million dollar series d led by liberty media corporation Uh, This company is part owners in Formula One, as well as the Atlanta Braves, Sirius XM, and Live Nation. And this raise also had participation from Bezos Expeditions, which is Jeff Bezos' personal investment company, as well as Blackstone and other notable investors.
0: A lot of big names there on the investment side, as well as the sports world. So this is an interesting one for us, not a typical venture capital firm investing in a you know a typical technology company, but so, certainly one that we wanted to cover given our passion for sports um, and sort of this ever-changing landscape in this sports environment. Um, a little bit more background on overtime. This company is now valued at 500 million dollars uh, after only being around for just six years. So it's raised over $250 million in funding to date, and most recently before this round, it was an $80 million Series C in April of last year, and that round also included big names like Drake, Jeff Bezos again, and Devin Booker, along with a lot of other high-profile names from sports, tech, and en- entertainment.
1: Right. It This kind of reminds me of almost Friday media, uh, which I just feel the need to highlight really quick. We're seeing the rise in these media conglomerates that are really attacking social media from a different and an aggressive standpoint than we've seen traditionally. With this influx of funding, Overtime plans on growing their sports leagues. So at the moment, they have Overtime Elite, which is their basketball league, and they also have OT7, which is their football league. These leagues target high school athletes as well as postgraduate athletes before they are eligible to enter drafts, so the NBA and the NFL. Now of note, these athletes typically partake in part-time college courses or internships, so it's not like they're forgoing education altogether. And the vision here is for overtime to create more leagues for other sports down the line, so some of the other major sports like NHL, uh, baseball, soccer, And they can really, you know, the the wide tail can get pretty wide here as they continue to get more funding and more traction.
0: Indeed, yeah. It's exciting to see the evolution of sports here with innovators like Overtime. And their vision on the monetization strategy side of things is really to sell distribution rights for these leagues. My mind immediately goes to continual reliance on streaming and social media and this new media and getting away from the traditional big market, uh, media deals like with NBC and kind of the legacy style. So I imagine that'll be a big part of their strategy.
1: I agree. I mean, I think there's just, it's too big of a cash cow to not tap into with, you know, TV rights or streaming rights being as valuable as ever. And they also plan on branching out into other revenue streams like licensing, as well as e-commerce. For instance, Overtime actually struck a licensing deal with Tops, the popular trading card company, back in 2021, to create trading cards for its league athletes.
0: Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're certainly thinking outside the box. Um, here's here's a slew of stats for you guys, as always. You got to expect some great stats on the pill. Um, so far, Overtime has produced over 50 digital shows uh, about sports, lifestyle, and culture across its massive online footprint. Uh, That includes 80 social media channels totaling over 65 million followers.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly astronomical numbers there. I mean, I think in the day and age of social media that we live in now, some of these numbers just, you know, they don't even seem real. Like 65 million followers across 80 social media channels. That's just, that's insane. You know, if you mentioned that a few years ago, people would think that that's absolutely ludicrous.
0: That's ridiculous. That's like 650 Texas football stadiums. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. For reference, um, a couple more statistics to sprinkle on here. In 2021, Overtime grew its follower base from 45 million to 65 million. So some aggressive growth for Overtime in 2021. It also had over 20 billion views of its video content across all platforms. And I don't want to you know get us too, too lost in a tangent here. But I imagine COVID, along with just the rise of social media and being skewed towards Gen Z and millennials, um, I imagine that 2021 was a great year for a lot of social media platforms.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: And also remarkably, Overtime began working with 89 new brands, including the biggest players in the game, like Apple, Meta, Google, Gatorade, and more.
0: Yeah, and this all comes along with... Like I mentioned before, this ever-changing landscape in professional and college sports. We could get into a lot of things like recently in the news, you've heard about Live Golf. If you haven't heard about that, it's a new competitor in Saudi Arabia to the PGA Tour. A lot of interesting things going on like this. You've seen the rise of F1, certainly the changes in college sports with name-image likeness. Uh, becoming a big factor. So the business of sports is evolving quickly and it's really interesting to see how companies are taking advantage of new opportunities over time being one of the prime examples.
1: Exactly. And I think even high school sports, I mean, it couples with social media, but I think high school sports have certainly taken a big rise in terms of viewership and just the amount of fans following along. and. As sports fans that you and I are, and I'm sure a bunch of our venture pilgrims out there are too, it's really exciting to just be able to witness all of these changes and new aspects of sports that are coming to life. And yeah, I think overtime has positioned itself incredibly well here as it's on the forefront of this evolution of sports. And we're certainly excited to see overtime go into double overtime, triple overtime and beyond because I don't think the... wow. I think that this is an industry that's only going to continue to grow.
0: Yeah, and who doesn't love triple overtime? Best words in sports. All right. Great dose today, my friend.
1: Great dose indeed. A pleasure as always. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. Signing off.
0: Thanks for listening. Join us next week for your next dose of startups and venture capital on Venture Pill. She told me that she only Bumps my music when she's lonely Thinks my vibe's a little okie-okie-dokie That's all right, but